to the Harlow White Healing Stream, the official podcast of Pastor Harlow White and the Harlow White Ministries Outreach Church. Thank you so much for subscribing and supporting this podcast. This podcast platform is the unveiling of the archive library of messages that God the Father revealed to Pastor Harlow White in the 1980s. New messages are released every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed to receive these new messages every week. This podcast series is available on all your favorite podcast providers and also on the web at HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com. Stand with Pastor Harlow White here at the Harlow White Healing Stream by giving a donation to help support this ministry. Your continued support helps ensure that these messages can reach the many people around the world seeking the kingdom message given to Pastor Harlow White. You can visit the HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com website to make a secure donation. Ask God the Father to direct you on what he will have you give today. You can also write to Pastor Harlow White at the Harlow White Healing Stream website. Please write to Pastor Harlow White and let him know about your prayer requests and testimonies of victory. Visit the HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com homepage to write to Pastor Harlow White today. This week on the Harlow White Healing Stream, Pastor Harlow White goes into the powerful message, Vessels of Honor, a message originally delivered on April 13th of 1986. Let's hear from Pastor Harlow White with this announcement before we dive into part one of this great message. Welcome to the Harlow White Healing Stream broadcast. I'm Pastor Harlow White. God ordained my life to be a prophet to people of every nation. God has given me a message that will bring salvation, joy, healing, and prosperity to your life. Powers of evil spirits and curses can be broken. From your life as I minister this message today. This message is going to every nation on the earth from 72 satellites. Let faith rise up in your heart as I give you this message. Be healed, be delivered, be set free. As you feel God doing a miracle in you today, I want to hear from you. Visit my website. HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com That's H-A-R-L-O W-H-I-T-E HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com Give me your testimony of what God has done for you through the message I have delivered to you today. I want you to pray about making a donation on my donation page or you can write to me that's Pastor Harlow, H-A-R-L-O, White, W-H-I-T-E. Pastor Harlow White, Post Office Box 4695. Post Office Box 4695. Write that down. Chicago, Illinois, 60680. 
Get ready to receive what God has for you today. And now go with me into today's message. I'm ministering today on vessels of honor. Vessels of honor. I'm reading in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Knowing this revelation that I'm about to give you, let you know your rightful place and who you are. But yet knowing this revelation and knowing who you are and your rightful place will also destroy all of your pride. See, knowing your place in God and knowing who you are does not create pride. If you truly have the revelation, it destroys pride. Now the kind of pride I'm talking about is not the kind of pride that you take in something special. It's the kind of pride that is vanity. Help me to understand. I take a little pride in the way that I look. I try to look my best. Nothing wrong with that kind of pride. But we're talking about the kind that is vanity or vain, vain, which means uselessness, worthlessness. And you're not lifted up in pride when you know your right place and who you are. Because I can justly say that I am a vessel unto honor. I can say that. Can you say that? And when I say it, it's real. I mean, I, I mean it when I say it. And it's true when I say it. I'm a vessel unto honor. And uh, you'll be able to comprehend that as we go a little further into the message. How many really believe that you are a vessel unto honor? Turn around to someone and say, I am a vessel of honor. I would lot rather be a flower vase than a bedpan. Wouldn't you? Some of it don't matter to you, apparently. How many would rather be a flower vase than a bedpan? 
bedpans or vessels that you hide, you keep, you know, out of the way. Flower vases or something that you set on the table to display. Something you can be proud of. And isn't it wonderful to know that God made you a flower vase instead of a bedpan? And it may be true in your own mind at times that you wonder because of the way people misuse you. But let me explain. That has nothing at all to do with the Father because people are not using you. It's the Father that's using you. Is that true? You are for his glory. His Shekinah. Anyone else can do anything they want to do. Never affects what you are actually created for. Now the first aspect of the revelation of being a vessel of honor and understanding this revelation is found in predestination. That's where the first aspect of the revelation is. So we're going to read in Romans chapter 9 and verse 8. Now while we're turning there, remember this. We just read the scripture that declares that in a great house which is pertaining to God's kingdom and in relation to the people who are associated with that kingdom in one way or another, even tares are in among God's people. It's a purpose. There are vessels of honor in a great house and dishonor. And I want to explain, as I have explained in time past, that it is absolutely God's will that the powers of the enemy be present all around you. He's ordained that. The powers of the enemy are in the heavenlies. That's why three of the coverings on the tabernacle were made out of three different kinds of materials. And one of those coverings was made out of goat's hair. There's no place in the Bible where the goat ever represented the righteous or God's glory. The goat always represented the devil. But one of the coverings of the ark was goat's hair. There were three coverings of the tabernacle were goat's hair. The coverings, which were three, were applicable to the three layers of skin. 
of your body. Now the layer understand that God created that took on the quality of the goat's hair was the aspect of you that is called the flesh nature and is actually expressed by the outward part of your physical body. Now here, the part that people see. Now the reason that God ordained it to be that way is so you could take authority over that expression and transform it into that which is his glory. So understand that God's predestination for the tares and the wheat to be together is part of a divine plan, the same that is seen in relation to the vessels of honor and dishonor. We're going to read in Romans chapter 9 and verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau, have I hated. Now all of this took place before the children were born. God already had decided before Esau ever was born in flesh form that he hated him. God had already decided before Jacob was ever born in flesh that he loved him. Now, this is a very difficult thing for many people to understand, and most people cannot relate to it. You have to have a mind that's willing to receive revelation truth to, to relate to this. And secondly, you have to understand the plan of predestination. So that's why I'm on to this. Now, we're going to go into verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Isn't it wonderful that you're a vessel of mercy? God has manifested that mercy to us. 
For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore, hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his power and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction that he might make known the riches of his Shekinah on the vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto Shekinah. Hallelujah. See, you must understand that the plan of predestination was a preparation to make you a vessel of mercy and Shekinah before you ever came into existence in flesh, before the world was ever here. It was ordained and predestinated by the Father that you should be a vessel of Shekinah and be called a vessel of mercy. Now understand that true vessels of honor are vessels the Father is proud of. He's proud of these vessels because he designed and produced them. That's why he's proud of these vessels. They're called vessels of honor. They have been produced, they have been designed by the Father. Now also understand that we're dealing with two aspects of vessels or two categories. One is the predestinated and one is the achieved. Now remember it. Where did I get that from? From the writing of Paul in Second Timothy. We just read it. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. We just read it. If a man therefore purge himself from these, so who is that talking about? Vessels that achieve it. We're not vessels that achieve this. We are vessels that were prepared unto this. We are vessels that are predestinated to be vessels unto honor. You're a vessel of honor because the Father designed you that way. Now when you think about all the people that you might feel are not designed to be that, don't allow that to affect you in relation to your thoughts about God. 
God is a just God. Now the reason that preachers could never actually preach the predestination message was because it did not match their hellfire messages. So most preachers just leave Romans chapter 9 completely alone. They don't try to deal with it. You know why they don't try to deal with it? Because it does not match their hellfire message. And they can tell you that if a person has never heard the name of Jesus, they're going to be eternally lost in hell and scream forever and ever and ever in a crack and step and pop and bottomless pit for a drop of water. But I'm going to tell you that the terms that are used in the Bible eternal fire, are applicable to God. For our God is a consuming fire, and our God is eternal. That is why it is called eternal fire. Everlasting punishment, word everlasting came from the Greek word eon. And it means an age. All form of correction is for the purpose of teaching a person not to do what they did again. Now my father was very severe, but he never killed them. We thought he was going to sometime. He was severe. I've been every place there is to go for punishment. From the orchard to the cotton patch, to the woodshed, to the back room, every place. I've been whipped with everything there is to be whipped with. Razor straps, belt, cotton stalks, Willow twig. And it was not because I was bad. We serve notice on you now. It was just because he was my father. And he had the right to decide if I was pleasing him. Is this true? This is true. Now some of you sitting right here know that when you were growing up you had correction that probably you actually did not deserve. But they had the right to give it to you because it's their decision whether or not you're pleasing them. Now, that doesn't make them bad. No, no, no. Not at all. Does not make them bad. Sometimes I got corrected 
Brother Gordon and I did for kind of getting into it with one another. But I mean, you know, when you have to deal with Brother Gordon. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> and it was nothing it was nothing more than sometime a little spatter of fuss but that was good that was good that he corrected us because he taught us to have the right spirit toward one another and our father brought us to the judgment day several times You that are worried about going to the judgment, we've already been there several times. And he said, when he looked at us, said, I'll see you after supper. Well, we knew what that meant. That meant the judgment day was here now. And he'd take us off in the cotton patch way down, away from the house, where nobody could hear us. Just look back to see the lights flickering. And we knew the lights had gone out on the road to hell. Now understand that he did not correct us mercilessly. Not mercilessly. No, he didn't. He'd sit us down there and talk to us, preach to us, cry. Tell us it was hurting him worse than it was us. And you know what he was doing? He was planting the seed. He really was. Because he said, I'm not going to raise any boys. But the enemy isn't going to have control over us. Something worked. Hallelujah. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that I did not need correction because I did. Not because I was that bad, but I needed it with a little bit of bad to know what. We have to have it. The Bible said if we don't have it, we're bastards. Is that true? We have to have correction. And after he would plant the seed... Then he would cultivate it. He'd pull those cotton stalks up and cultivate it up and down our back. He plowed deep and we irrigated it. <laughs> And if we ever decided we were not going to break and cry, he wouldn't quit till we did. Did I? You're going to be stubborn, not cry, huh? Okay. And then when we, we knew we were going to have to cry, <laughs> we'd be out there all night, 40 straps save one. So when we did cry, 
He said, all right, dry it up now. We went through all that correction. We went through the correction because he was teaching us to be what he wanted us to be. But he never killed us. Understand that the purpose of punishment is for correction. It's not God's purpose to destroy one bit of his creation. If he loses any part of his creation, then Jesus partly died in vain. How many know that the efficacy of the death of Jesus is powerful enough to redeem the entire creation? Not part of it, all of it. If a person can rebel against the Father and separate themselves eternally from him through their own rebellion, then that person is greater than God. Or if the devil can take somebody and destroy them, then the devil's power is greater than God's. Everybody understand? Now, I want to tell you for an example. There are a billion people in China. China was a tremendous nation when Jesus was born, when Jesus came to the earth in flesh. The Great Wall of China, which is 1,500 miles long and is one of the seven wonders of the world, was already 500 years old. One of the seven wonders of the world. The Great Wall was 500 years old when Jesus was born. And Jesus was born and came to the earth in flesh form, grew up, was crucified, buried, resurrected, went back into spirit form, and that nation never even knew that he came to earth. And there's a billion people in China, most of which do not know that Jesus is the Savior. In the harbors of China, there are babies born on the houseboats that are born, live, and die on a houseboat and never set foot on dry land. They are born in poverty, live in poverty, die in poverty, and never have the opportunity of hearing the gospel. Now, if the Father, the Heavenly Father that is preached as a Heavenly Father of love by the theologians, who also turn around and preach that one of those children that are born there on a houseboat and live and die on a houseboat and never set foot on dry land and never hear that Jesus saved, if he can send one of them to eternal punishment and keep them there screaming and crying and begging and pleading for a drop of water forever and ever and ever without any plan of redemption, then he is definitely not the heavenly father that they try to make you think he is. Come on and help me. He cannot do that. Our father is a father of love. 
If he can do that, he can do something I couldn't even do. He is not even humanistic as I am. Could you do it? Could you condemn somebody that never had the opportunity of hearing that Jesus saves to eternal punishment forever and never pull them out of it? Could you do it? Absolutely not. How could the Heavenly Father do it? Somebody said, all right, then why are these things existing? It's only for the balance and only for the purpose of the eternal works of God's kingdom that all of this exists. God doesn't intend for that creation to be lost. He's only using that part of the creation to make the vessels of honor what they are supposed to be that they can show forth his Shekinah and be able to exercise his power and his authority in manifesting his eternal life to the world that is bound by the bondage of death. Come on and help me praise the Lord. That's all. Now understand the plan of predestination here. The plan of predestination is that God ordained that many of us should be vessels unto honor. Others are vessels that will come to honor through achievement. I was born a vessel of honor. Somebody said, didn't you have to repent? Yes. I had to repent simply because God put me in a body just like everybody else lives in. There was something different about my spirit. I didn't come from the same place that everybody else comes from. But he put me in the same kind of body that they have. And it became my responsibility before them to accept that Jesus Christ is my Savior and repent of my sins so that I might become an example of what they have to do and receive him and confess before men that he is my Savior. But as far as God's plan, I was eternally saved before I was ever lost. I'm pastor and prophet of God, Harlow White, here today. I pray you were blessed with today's message. And now let's pray and believe God for a miracle. Heavenly Father, I bring every person that has listened to the message that you gave to me today. I pray for them. And I send the power of your word out to each one of these people. And you said that you sent your word and healed and delivered from all destruction. Heavenly Father, I send out the power of your anointing. Let the bondages of Satan be broken. Let the powers of evil spirits be broken asunder. Let every heart, soul, mind, spirit, and physical body be delivered from the powers of the enemy. Right now, bring victory into the life of every person, and I command the miracles to be done right now through the healing virtue of the healing stream of the divine virtue and the anointing of God. Let every person be blessed in their mind. Let every person be blessed mentally. Let every person be blessed.
spiritually. Let every person be blessed domestically. Let every person be blessed physically. Let every person be blessed financially. I speak the word of victory to them today, and I command the miracle to be done in their life. Praise God. Go ahead and praise God for your victory, because I feel a great anointing flowing right now. I want you to visit my website, Harlow White, that's H-A-R-L-O, Harlow White, W-H-I-T-E, HealingStream.com. Tell me if you were blessed by God's message today. Tell me what God did for you. And while you're there, visit my donation page and pray about giving a special offering to help me stay on this broadcast I want to say thank you to everyone that will help me financially to stay on this radio broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I want you to tell your family and friends to listen. A new message will be on this broadcast every week. And don't forget, you can tune in to this broadcast anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And God bless you, and take your miracle, and take your blessing today. I'll be looking forward to you tuning in next time. I send God's love to you today.